Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Pastor Don tells us as staff, as pastors, and he encourages us, especially when we're uh, in the, with the folks that we lead, he always tells us, he says, you, the way you understand and the way you know someone's heart is by praying with them. That's how you can hear somebody's heart, is you pray with them. And when you pray with them, you hear them speak certain things, you hear them say certain things. And I've been here long enough and prayed with Pastor Don long enough that I really truly believe that I know he and Pastor Jessamy's heart. And so when I pray and when we pray and when we do things, we do it from that place because we know their hearts. And I've learned this heart because I've spent some time with him. And I've heard him say certain things over and over and over again. And as people hear of Tree of Life, whether it's your first time, whether you've been here for 30 years, 40 years, when, he, when our pastor prays, when our pastors pray, or when they speak, it's important for us to listen. The pastor says certain things in his prayers that he won't say on a Sunday morning when he preaches. There's certain things that he talks about and he speaks about and he declares over our church that he doesn't have the opportunity to speak on a Sunday morning. So when they pray, when they speak, it's important that we listen. When he declares something in prayer, it's one thing. Or when he declares something, when he preaches is one thing. When he speaks something in prayer and he says something about who we are, who our church is going to be or the direction of our church, that's vision. And it's important for us to understand the vision. If you want to know Pastor Don's heart, you won't really truly grasp that when he preaches a message. You'll grasp it when you pray with him. You'll grasp it when you hear the things that he prays about. He says this, these, a couple statements that, again, I've heard him say over the years that I've been here. And one of the things that he said on January 6th when he was praying, and then again, he talked about it on January 7th. He said that this year will be our best year naturally if it's our best year spiritually. And that's a declaration of our church, and it's something that we can't take lightly. And again, I've heard him say it so much, but when he said it this time, it just really hit my heart. Because we all want God to do something in our lives naturally. We all want God to bless us and we all want God to, to show up in our lives and, and give us provision and, and promotions. And we all want God to do those things naturally. But he declared over our church that if we're going to see God do some things amazing in the natural, then there's a dedication and a commitment that has to be on our side in the spiritual. There's a level of prayer that we, we've got to pray more this year than we've ever prayed before. We've got to seek God this year more than we've ever sought him before. You thought you read your Bible enough? No, you've got to read it a little bit more this year. If we're going to see God do some things amazing, we have to have a greater focus and a greater intentionality in the spirit. He said we're going to be stronger this year than we've ever been before. Is there anybody that needs a little bit of strength today? 
We've experienced some things over these last couple years and months and days, but pastors declared that over our church, our church, listen, this is a declaration. It's not a statement. He says, we will be stronger this year than we've ever been before. Can you grab a hold of that? Not only for this church, but can you grab a hold of that for your life? Because if you understand how God works, now, pastor is the, the, the senior pastor. He and Pastor Jessamy are the senior pastors over this house. So if he declares, if they declare something over this church, if you grab a hold of it inside of this church, listen, it will begin to manifest in your own house. You'll begin to see things happen and transpire in your own house because God says, listen, if you seek first my kingdom, Matthew 6, and my righteousness and what's important to me, he says, then what's important to you, I'm going to add it to you. You won't have to work for it, strive for it, stress about it. All you have to do is let my things be important to you and what's important to you, I'll just add it to you. We're going to be stronger this year than we've ever been before. And then he said this statement, and I know you've heard him say it before. He said, nothing happens without prayer. In fact, that's my message title for today, that nothing happens without prayer. And again, I heard him say this so many times, but, but this year and this, this time when he said it, it just it hit my heart a little bit different. And God began to speak to my heart and God began to give me certain things. And I think we need to understand in our own lives that absolutely nothing can happen without prayer. Prayer is your lifeline. Prayer is my lifeline. And I love in that song that we just sung today, it's a declaration that should be something in our hearts that I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he answered. Not only did I seek him, but I know that he heard me and then he answered. And so my trust is not in a good prayer. My trust is in a God who is faithful. That every time I seek him, he hears me and he answers. Not only does he hear me, but he answers. So that's why I trust him. Your prayer is your lifeline. Pastor Cody said last week that prayer has generational power. Your prayers will outlive you. Your prayers will exceed. You you praying today will answer something that happens 10 years from now if you take the opportunity to pray. Listen, you and I are here today because Pastor Don Sr. prayed. He prayed. He spent time praying. Pastor Don has told us several times his room used to be next to Pastor Don, his prayer room. And so he would hear him praying when he was younger. He would hear the things that he was praying. And you and I are here because of that prayer. He prayed that this church would be a church that looked like heaven. He prayed that this church would be a church where all ethnicities would feel welcome. He prayed that this church would be a church that it didn't matter your socioeconomic background, how much money you got in the bank. If you don't have nothing in the bank, it doesn't matter your skin color, but that you would feel welcome. And can I tell you, whether you've been here one day, if this is your first time, whether you've been here a couple months, whether you've been here a couple years, everyone can attest when you walked in here, you felt welcome. 
It's not because we have good ushers and we've got some great ushers. It's not because we have good greeters and we've got some great greeters and we've got some great staff members, but it was because there was a man that prayed when no one else was looking in private, not in public, that this house would be a house where people would feel welcome. Your prayers have generational power. Your prayers have generational power. There was a man that used to come, come to our church and in one of our meetings, he came up to me after, after the meeting. He said, Pastor Dave, I just want you to know that you're here because you're black. And I was like, okay, thank you. He said, you're black? I didn't know. I'm like, he said, and I don't, wanna, I don't mean that to offend you. He said, but I walked with Pastor Don Sr. And I heard the things that he prayed about. And he prayed that there would be African-Americans that would feel welcome when they came to this church. He prayed that there would be Hispanics, that no matter where they came from, they would feel welcome here. He prayed that whether you were Ukrainian or whether you were Asian or whether you were Russian, it didn't matter where you came from, that they would, God would send them here because this would be a place that would make everyone feel welcome. So I'm standing here in this pulpit today because Pastor Don Sr.'s prayers had generational power. Your prayers will outlive you. And I think sometimes we don't pray because we don't have a proper understanding of what prayer truly is. And if we got that understanding, I think we would pray a little bit more. And so I'm going to endeavor today to help you to understand a little bit more about what prayer is. See, prayer in its most basic definition is communication with God. And I know we make it sometimes, we make it difficult sometimes, and we think that every single prayer has to begin with, Oh, great God, thou art high. I needeth thee today my great father. Every prayer doesn't have to start off that way. Every prayer doesn't have to end with in Jesus' name, amen. You know, you say prayers and you don't even realize that you're praying. You speak things and, and God moves and you don't even realize it. Here, let me give you an example. You're riding down the highway and you're doing about seven, eight miles over the speed limit. And you see that cop car sitting right there on the side of the road. You know they clocked you. And they don't move when you ride past them and you say, thank you, Jesus. That was a prayer. Now, everybody can, everybody understand that one because some of y'all did it on the way here this morning. That was a prayer. You ever been through a stressful time in your life? And sometimes you didn't have the, the ability or even the time to say, Father, I, I pray and I thank you that you're here in this moment. Would you help me right now? In Jesus' name, amen. You ain't have time for that. All you had time to say was, God, help. That was a prayer. Every prayer doesn't have to end with, in Jesus' name, amen. God knows us in his name. In and of itself. Prayer is just talking to God. It's just communication with God. And can I tell you that prayer is not specific to a religion? Muslims pray. Hindus, Buddhists, agnostics, atheists even pray. Everybody prays. 
Because God made it that way for communication with God. Now, I can't say what God they pray to, but we know the God that we pray to. But everybody prays. It's not specific for you and I as believers. But there's a different kind of prayer that you and I are supposed to pray. Here, there's one thing that that I believe that in the life of a believer, prayer is not an option. Prayer is mandatory. Communication with God is mandatory. It's essential to you seeing success in your life and in your relationship with the Father. Prayer is mandatory. My wife and I have been married this year. It'll be 19 years, but can you imagine? I don't even want to imagine if my wife and I didn't communicate, if we didn't talk, if we didn't have relation, we wouldn't have as strong of a relationship if, as we have today if we didn't communicate. And I can tell you that some of the, the tough times in our marriage was because of a lack of communication. Can you agree to that, married folk? All married folks say amen. amen. Do you know that one of the reasons, the highest reasons for divorce is a lack of communication? And it's so important that God says, listen, you have to communicate with me as well. I want to talk to you. In in Genesis, God walked with Adam. That's communication with God. That's communion with God. That, in essence, is prayer. He walked with him. And that's the kind of life that God wants us to live with him. He wants to walk with you. Prayer is mandatory. And you and I have to understand the power that's in our prayer. Listen, God created a spiritual law when he created this earth. After he created the earth, he created the birds, he created the waters and separated them from the sky. He, he created all of those things. And in Genesis 1:26, he says this, and God said, he says, let us make man in our image. And let us make them in our likeness. And watch this, he says, and then I want them to have dominion. I want them to have power. I want them to have authority over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle. And watch this, he says, and over all the earth. God created you and I to have dominion over all the earth. That's not for a Christian. That's for humanity. He didn't say, I'm going to create Christians. No, he says, I'm going to make humanity to have power, to have dominion over all of this earth. He says, I want them to understand what it feels like to be in charge. I want my sons and my daughters to understand and know how I rule in heaven. I want them to rule here on earth. When I speak something in heaven, it happens. And I want them to understand that when they speak on the earth, it happens because they are in control of the earth. God's not in control of this earth. You are. And he created it that way. He created you and I to rule and to reign on this earth. Now it's his, it belongs to him. The scripture says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's no denying that the earth belongs to God, but he gave you dominion. He gave you the permission to rule what belongs to him. You know, I've been in five, six years now as youth pastor and uh, young adults pastor here at Tree. And when I first walked into this role, Pastor Don sat down with me and he said, I want you to run it like you own it. Those are always the words he say. He says, run it like you own it. And the reason that he can say that and feel safety in it is because he knows that I've spent time with him and I know his heart. 
So I'm not going to do anything or say anything that's outside of his heart because I've spent time with him. So he feels safe in saying, this is my church. And that's, of course, we know it belongs to God, but this is my church. And I'm going to give you authority here. I'm going to give you dominion here. Run it like you own it. And that is what God has done with us. He says, this earth belongs to me. Now I'm going to give you this earth. Run it like you own it. Run it like you own it. He's given each of us dominion and power. He put Adam in charge. He gave Adam rulership. He gave Adam authority. He gave Adam dominion. You think God couldn't have named the animals himself? But he needed Adam to speak what the animal was going to be. He brought all the animals to Adam. He said, now, what I need you to do, because I've given you authority here, is I need you to call it what it's going to be. And so a lot of times in our own lives, we don't experience some of the things that we want because we haven't called something what it's supposed to be. And then there's sometimes that we do experience some negative and some bad things in our lives because we've been calling it something and we didn't really want to see it, but because we haven't had the, 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 the proper training, if you will, to understand that the words we speak have power. We're creating all of this bad stuff in our lives because we're just talking flippantly. That's why the word tells us there's power in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Not just life, but death as well. What are you speaking? Because you have dominion and authority over this earth. What are you speaking? What are the things that you are allowing to come out of your mouth? What are you speaking? God created you and I to be in partnership with him. When Adam said that an animal was what it was, it became what he said. And what you speak over your life, it's going to become what you say. Did you hear that? It's going to become what you say. When you speak something, that's what it's going to be. Can you stop saying my anxiety? It's not yours. Now, I'm not, I'm not try, I don't want to make anyone feel bad if, if there's some, you know, some chemical imbalances and things going on. Now, I'm not trying to make anyone or judging or criticizing or anything, but there's some things that we just got to stop saying. We've got to stop claiming it over ourselves. My depression. We've got to stop speaking that stuff and start speaking differently. Now, you may not feel it in the, mo- in the moment, but that's not what faith is. Faith is I'm speaking something even though I don't see it because I walk by what I believe, not by what I see. What you speak is what you're going to see. You ever said today is going to be a good day and you had a good day? You want to know why? Because when you said that today was going to be a good day, you gave God access into your day to walk through it and make it good for you. When you spoke and said, God, this is going to be a good day, you gave God permission to move and to intervene in the affairs of your life. There's so much power in your prayer because your prayers give God opportunity and permission to intervene on this earth. You know Or do you think that God's not powerful enough to do whatever he wants to do? He's that powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do. But what he won't do is he won't violate his own law. He won't violate a law that he put in place because God needs man on this earth to partner with him, to join with him so that things can actually happen. 
The Israelites were in bondage for over 400 years and God could have just snapped his finger and they would have walked out. But no, he needed someone that he could partner with. And so he said, hey, Moses, can you go get my kids out of bondage? They're walking in front of the Red Sea. You think God's not powerful enough to part the waters on his own? But he asked Moses to lift up his hand, lift up his rod. And then when Moses lifted up his rod, he gave God permission and access to come and move and perform a miracle. All of the miracles that Jesus performed, you think God wasn't strong enough to heal a people of leprosy? You think God wasn't strong enough to heal that woman with the issue of blood? You think God wasn't strong enough to open blind eyes and cause lame people to walk? But he partnered with Jesus to manifest miracles here on this earth. Even so much that your salvation needs your partnership. You believe in your heart and then you confess with your mouth. And it's when you confess it, when you speak it, that you partner with God and say, what I believe in my heart is actually what's going to happen. He needs your partnership in order for you to be saved. Because God will not violate his own laws. We partner with him when we pray and we give him uh, the ability and permission to intervene in our lives. He's giving you dominion over this earth. Look at the scripture in Psalms 115, 16. It says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth, this thing you're living on, who did it say he gave it to? To mankind. That's the Bible. So now you can see, it's not my opinion, it's right in the word. The highest heavens belong to him, and this earth he gave to you. Genesis 1, let them have dominion. He gave it to you. What are you speaking in your earth? What are you speaking in your world? What kind of words are you speaking? Are they faith-filled words or are they fear-filled words? Are the words you're speaking full of anxiety or are they full of faith? What kind of words are you speaking? It's important what you say. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Your words have creative power. God didn't give creative power to Christians. He gave creative power to humanity. Humanity. God didn't even create Christians. He created humanity. And he gave creative power to you. So what you say is what's going to happen. That's why in Matthew 18, Jesus says, listen, I want you to understand that whatever you bind on earth, you give God permission and access to bind in heaven. And when you lose something on earth, you give God the permission to loose it in heaven. So if you want to see things start to manifest in your life, start binding some things up and you give God the permission to do it. When you want to see some things loose in your life, start binding some loose Loosen some things and you'll see God begin to loose them. But you have the power. You have the authority. You have what you already need and it comes in your communication with God. Are you going to give him access in your life? Are you going to give him access in your world? And then he says in verse 19, he says again, truly I tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that you ask for, that you pray for, that you petition God for. He says, that thing will be done for you. That's why pastor on, on January 7th, one of his points there, he says that our prayer meetings, we're going to, we're believing that we're going to see growth in our prayer meetings. 
And it's not because pastor wants to see 100, 200 people in a prayer meeting, though that's good. But it's because we understand the power of agreement. That when two of us come together and we agree for anything, he didn't say some things, he didn't say specific things, he said anything. And if you believe him with two of you together, he says it will be done for them, for both of those that are in agreement. Here's why. Because when you start talking, heaven moves. When you start talking, you get heaven to work on your behalf. The moment you start praying, the moment you start communicating with God, you get heaven working on your side. But the reverse is true. The moment you stop praying, you prevent heaven from intervening here in earth. That's why he tells us that we've got to pray without ceasing. We've got to pray without ceasing. And God was so amazing in how he created the earth. Now, I don't know if you believe the earth is flat. It's not. But <laughs> he created the earth so that at one point when we're sleeping, there's somebody on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world that's praying because it's light. And so he created the earth so that there was prayer. There could be prayers going on all the time. So when we're sleeping, somebody else is praying. And when they're sleeping, then we're over here praying. And that's how good God is. He created the earth so that somebody could be praying all the time. Pray without ceasing. Whew. Hallelujah. And that praying without ceasing doesn't mean that you're begging God. Because we don't have to beg. In fact, Jesus told the disciples, he says, listen, when you pray, don't pray like the pagans, pagans thinking that if you keep praying over and over and over again about the same thing, that I'm just going to hear you. No, God don't work like that. He says, don't pray like that. When you pray, you have to believe that God is working and moving on your behalf. And then you have to keep on praying. He taught them a parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And this, this parable was to help them to understand that they should always pray and don't give up. Sometimes we don't see the fulfillment of the things that we're praying and believing God for because we gave up in prayer. What if God needed you to only pray for 15 minutes and you stopped on 14 and 59 seconds? What if that one second would bring that wayward child back home? What if that one additional second would cause that cancer to dry up in your body? What if that one additional second would break that generational curse over your family? He had to tell us that we've got to pray and don't give up because he knows that there's something on the inside of us that will quit when we don't see what we're praying for. That's why when he walked away from the disciples, when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he came back, he said, couldn't you pray for me for one hour? Pray so that you won't enter into temptation. A lot of things that we are tempted with will be stopped if we just pray. Jesus made it, said it that way. You pray so that you won't enter into temptation. You have to continue to pray because when you stop praying, you, you stop heaven from moving on your behalf. Nothing happens without prayer. Amen. Nothing happens without prayer. In essence, heaven depends on you to pray. Heaven depends on us, on you, and you depend on heaven. In first, second Chronicles verse seven, or chapter 7, 14, he says, if my people... You've heard the scripture before. Who are called by my name will humble themselves and communicate with God and seek my face. 
turn from their wicked ways. He says, when they do these things, when they spend time communicating with me, when they turn away from the things that are pulling them away from me and they just seek my face and not my hand, they seek my presence and not provision and they fall in love with me as the provider and not as the, as the provision itself. He says, when they do these things, then I can move, then I can come in and I can forgive their sin and I can heal their land. You give God permission and access on this earth when you communicate with him. We've got to keep praying. And one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to get you to shut up and stop praying. You see what happened to Adam and Eve when they fell into sin, what did they do? They ran and they hid from God because they were afraid. They didn't know what God was going to do. And how many times in our own lives do we stop praying? In fact, some of you may be in here right now and you haven't prayed in a while. And it's because you hadn't been doing things the right way. Listen, God still wants to hear from you when you mess up. It doesn't change the fact that he loves you. There is nothing that you can do, as the word says, that can separate you from his love. Don't stop talking to him. It doesn't matter what you've done. Don't stop communicating with your Father, when you speak it, God will do it. In Job chapter 22, he tells us that we can declare a thing, we can speak a thing, and it will be established. You have so much power on this earth, and you don't even realize it. We have so much power on this earth, and we don't even realize it. Look at this in Isaiah 45 and 11. In the Amplified, it says, for the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its maker says this, ask me about things to come concerning my hands. And look at this right here. He says, and give me orders. This is God talking. And give me orders. You mean God is telling me to give him commands and tell him what to do? Absolutely. God wants you to tell him what to do because he created the earth that way and gave you dominion. So you have to tell God what you want to see here on this earth. And because you've spent time with him, he knows that you won't ask for anything outside of his will. He knows if you've got his heart, you're going to make sure that everything that you speak aligns with the heart of God. God is waiting for you to tell him what to do. He's waiting for you to speak something. A couple weeks ago, actually I think it was last month, I was driving, leaving my house about five, six in the morning, and this God-forsaken deer <laughs> decided that we're going to have to share this road at the same time. And he hit the side of my truck, and I was so mad in the moment. I'm like, oh, you couldn't have waited just a couple more seconds. I was so mad. But then I started to think about all of the money that I was going to have to spend. And we all do that. When things happen in our lives, the first thing we start calculating, how much money is this going to cost me? And that's when the stress comes in. Because now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I got a $1,000 deductible. This is about to be... I got to come up with this money. I got to get this money. I got to pay for this thing. So I start calling. I called my brother and I asked my brother, Anthony, he, he works at a dealership. And I said, man, can you ask your, the service guys and see if they've got, got some, you know, they can, they can fix it. How much is it going to cost? And he sent me a number and I'm like, Lord Jesus, that was a prayer. <laughs> God, you got to do, you got to do something. And so I was sitting outside in front of our young adult hangout at one of our young adults house. I was sitting outside in front of his house and I was like, God, 
I'm talking to my wife and I, I was telling her, like, I'm so upset and I'm frustrated. And she said, babe, we just got to believe God. We got to speak it and we got to believe God. He's going to make sure it happens. You got to have someone that when you have those moments of frustration that will call you back into your rightful place as a believer of God, that will call you back into that place of faith. She said, babe, we just got to believe God. And so in that moment, I said, all right, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know you're going to take care of it. Now watch this. And then I go into the young adult hangout. And we're in this hangout and we're eating and we're talking. And I'm talking with uh, one of the young adults sitting on the side of me. And there's another one sitting here next to me. And he's having a conversation completely with someone else. His name was Jay. He starts talking to this other guy and he says, yeah, man, I work for a body shop. And we do painting and we, you know, we do all these things. And I'm like, hold on. Like, that was quick, guy. <laughs> and I said, Jay, you said you work for a body shop? He was like, well, I used to, but I got a friend that actually owns one. I'm like, oh, man, look, let me show you these pictures. Look at my truck, man. This deer just, like, jacked it up. And he's like, he looked at it. He's like, oh, man, that's, that's nothing. We can, he can probably fix that, I'm sure. He said, I'll reach out to him, and I'll let him know you're going to call him. Here's his number, and he sent me his number. And so over the next couple of days, I, I, I sent him a message and I said, hey, man, I just want to come, come by. He said, he showed me, told me where his warehouse was. I showed up to the warehouse, and I pulled up to the warehouse, and I get out of the car. Now, watch this. Because I was sitting in front of that house at our young adult hangout, and I told God, you're going to take care of this. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to take care of it. And I pulled up in front of this warehouse. He comes out of the warehouse. I get out of the car, and he said, Pastor Dave? <laughs> and see, y'all are laughing, but I knew God was working. I knew that that prayer I had prayed days ago had just began to manifest then. And see, you may not see God manifest a prayer right in the moment, but if you just hold on to your faith and what you believe, it may be some days, it may be some weeks, it may be some months, but it will come to pass if you speak it. So he fixes my car. My truck, he fixes it, and we're talking in the moment. He's like, man, I've been going to tree for years, and man, about 10, 15 years, something like that. And he's fixing my car, and he gets finished with it, and he's like, turn the wheel, and we turn it, and like, man, that's, that's great. It works, everything, he fixed everything. And I said, man, give me your cash app so I can send you some money. He said, no, man, you're good. I said, no, I gotta pay you for this. Like, you spent time, you spent effort and energy. You gotta let me, get, let me give you something. He said, no. It was already on my heart to do this for you. He had no idea who I was. Now watch this. There are things that will happen when you pray. God will begin to speak in the hearts of people who have no idea who you are. And when you show up because you took an opportunity to pray and believe that God was going to move, that person blesses you. That favor that you prayed for, that walks with you, that follows you all the day of your life, it shows up in that moment because you took an opportunity to tell God what to do. I need you to work on my behalf, God. There's a blind man that Jesus encounters, two blind men that he encounters on this road. They're yelling out to him, son of David, have mercy on us. People are telling them to shut up. And Jesus walks up to them in Matthew chapter 20. He stopped and he called to them. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Can I tell you that that's what God is saying to you today? What do you want me to do for you? Do you think God wasn't strong enough or powerful enough to heal those men? 
He could do it, but he needed them to speak it. And so Jesus asked this question to get them to declare what they were believing and wanting God to do. And then they said, listen, we want to see. We want our sight. It was in that moment that God had permission to manifest that miracle in their life. And Jesus put his hands on them and they received their sight. It wasn't Jesus that said something. It was those blind men that said something. It wasn't Jesus that said something in that one, with the woman with the issue of blood. It was because of what she said and what she believed that God was able to partner with her and perform the miracle that she was believing God for. When Jesus walked up to that fig tree, the fig tree crumbled because Jesus spoke to it and told it what it was going to do. And he gave God permission and access to dry up that fig tree like he said it would. And then he comes and he tells us that we've got to walk by what we believe, not by what we see. What you believe, not by what you see. That's why he says you can speak to a mountain. When you speak to it, not God, when you speak to it and you tell it to be removed and cast into the sea, it must obey you because in Genesis 1, he gave you dominion over this earth. It has to obey you when you speak, when you understand the authority that you walk in, the power that you have living on the inside of you. When you speak to a mountain, it's going to move out of your way because you said so. What are you speaking? What's coming out of you? Is it fear or is it faith? What's coming out of you? Because the Bible tells us in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by the ear is what that word means in the Greek. What's building your faith? Because faith isn't just about positive things. Faith is for, for some negative things too. Is CNN building your faith? Is Fox News building your faith? Is TikTok and Instagram and YouTube building your faith? Or is it the word of God? You're going to believe in something. But you get to decide what it is that you believe in. And what you hear most is what you're going to believe. When God tells, Jesus tells, and I'm, I'm finishing up. When Jesus tells the disciples, he speaks to this fig tree and he comes back and they're like, Jesus, it, it happened exactly as you said it. There's a, something that Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. He says, have faith in God. And that is literally translated in Greek, have the God kind of faith. He tells us the kind of faith that we're supposed to have. Now, you can have some faith in fear, but he says, listen, the faith that you're going to need to have to move mountains, it's got to be the God kind of faith. It's got to be the faith that comes only from him. That's when you're going to begin to see things move in your life. Say nothing happens without prayer. Come on, say it again. Nothing happens without prayer. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.